Thank you for listening to the Grace Chapel Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our senior pastor, Kurt Henman. For more information about our church, visit our website at gracechapel.cc or follow us on social media at Grace Chapel, Ohio. Our text is Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through 5. Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through 5. Now, the passage is fairly short, so what we're going to do is gonna, we're going to read through the whole passage, and then we'll go back and unpack it in detail. Verse 1. There were some present at that very time who told him, that is Jesus, about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and and killed them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. We'll take a look again at at verse 1. Let's unpack this. Verse 1 again. There were some present at that very time. Well, the question comes, well, well, what time? Well, we remember the last week that Jesus was speaking to the crowd and he was talking to them about interpreting the times. He was talking to them about the urgency to understand the times that they were living in. In fact, he kind of chastised them a bit about the fact that they could see the signs of the weather. They could read what the weather was going to be, and yet they were ignoring the clear signs of Jesus' presence in their midst. And so they were taking that message to heart. They were rolling over in their minds about, well, okay, I I see we are to discern the times. We're to look and see what God is doing. And as they did that, as they were thinking about the signs of their times, they thought about a current event, a a thing that was kind of in the headlines of of their news of that day. and, And they shared that event with Jesus. Verse 1 again, here it is. There were some present at that very time who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. That is, Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor, had uh, massacred a, a number of Galileans who were presenting their sacrifices before the Lord in the temple of Jerusalem. That is, they were, they were worshiping God. They were having church, and Pilate went in and slaughtered them. And so listen, this was a national tragedy, and this is something they were trying to process. This was at the center of their conversations in that day, not unlike 
COVID is in our time. Now, I want us to notice here that the people did not ask Jesus a question. And yet Jesus answers them anyway. That is, he knows what they're thinking. He knows that behind them sharing this tragedy, behind them sharing this event to him, that there are some questions, that there are some understandings that aren't quite right. There's some theological uh, views that he needs to correct. And so listen, that is why he responds the way that he does in verse 2 and following. Take a look again at verse 2. And he, that is Jesus, answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way. No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. So when Jesus asked them, you know, do you think these Galileans were worse sinners than any of the other Galileans? The implication there is they did. That they did think because of the tragedy, the way that they died, that they were somehow worse sinners than everybody else. That is, they were they were thinking, they were wondering, you know, how could this happen? I mean, how could God allow this? I mean, they were in church, man. They were they were worshiping God, so that that doesn't make sense. How how can that be right? Unless there is some, you know, unknown sin or some punishment of God upon them. Now, there's two wrong conclusions that we come to when tragedies happen. And, and one is to think that all the good things that happen to me prove that I'm a good person. Prove that I'm okay with God, that God's favor is upon me. Or second, that all the bad things that happen to me is because I am, or that proves that I am a bad person, that God is mad at me, that God is punishing me. And so Jesus says here, you know, both of those conclusions are wrong because good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. And so this crowd thought that, you know, this was the judgment of God upon them. And listen, you know, we typically, our experience with God, we typically put that in these two categories. It tends to be our orientation. That is, you know, when things are going good, we tend to think, well, well, I'm okay with God. God likes me. His favor is upon me. And, and when things aren't going our way or things are going bad, we think, well, God's mad at me. He, he, he's against me. His, he's punishing me for some reason. I, I don't understand why this is happening. And so they're wrestling with this. They, they think the judgment of God must be upon these Galileans. That's why they suffered. That's why they you know, went through that tragedy. That's how they resolved it in their mind. But Jesus says, no, you're, you're wrong. 
their sin was not extraordinarily horrible. (laughs) Their sin was ordinarily horrible, just like yours, just like ours. Verse 3 again. And so Jesus says, No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. That is, Jesus says the bigger concern is this. If you don't repent, you will come to a disastrous end as well. Because the reality is, we will all die whether unexpectedly, whether in a tragedy, whether simply of old age, we will all die. And so the issue is, are you ready? Are you ready to meet your maker face to face? Are you certain that you are right with God and your destiny is heaven? Well, Jesus continues in verse 4, and he adds this. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and, and killed them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? And so the crowd, they, they brought up a tragedy that happened at the hands of evil men. And so Jesus, in giving his explanation, in correcting their understanding, in correcting their theology, listen, he, he brings up another event. He adds another current event that they're all aware of that was more of a natural disaster. There was this tower that fell unexpectedly on 18 people and And so once again, he's presenting, do you think that they were worse sinners than everybody else, that they were somehow worse offenders? And, And he does so because he knows that they have that same filter when it comes to natural disasters as well. And listen, uh, you know, the same conversations go on today. Anytime anything happens you know, for example, when the Twin Towers were hit in New York, you would hear all the time, well, you know, they were the target because New York, you know, is, is the epitome of sin, and, you know, New York's sin is worse than the rest of the nation. That's why they were the target. It was, a, you know, a target of greed and all that sort of thing. Or when Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans... Same conversation. Well, everybody knows New Orleans is Sin City, you know, Mardi Gras, voodoo capital of the world. You know, their sin is way worse than the rest of the sin and in the nation. And, and so there's something in us that our bent is when we see a tragedy happen to a person, when we see a tragedy happen to a people or a nation, we, we, we tend to make sense of it. Our filter tends to be, you know, they must be being punished. They must have done something in order to die in that way. And Jesus says, no. Take a look at verse 5. 
Jesus says again, no. That is actually, that's an emphatic no in the Greek. That is, he's actually saying absolutely not. No way. They were not more guilty. Jesus is saying that we are all guilty. We are all sinners. We are all offenders of God. I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. That is, Jesus, in analyzing this issue, listen, he, he turns the question from why did this happen to what does it mean to me? And what it means to me is, is that we all die. And we could die at any time. And so our chief concern, our top priority, must be repentance. Because listen, nobody wakes up that day knowing that they are going to die. And yet that is something that will happen to all of us. We will all die because in a fallen and broken world, we're all going to die one way or another. And so Jesus' first point here, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Tragedies happen to all people. Tragedies happen to all people. We'll take a look again at verse 3, kind of back up to verse 3. We're going to take a look at verse 3 and then skip down to verse 5. But let's take it. Verse 3, again it says, No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. I went back to verse 3 again because I want to point out that the word repentance in the Greek here is referring to a continual repentance. That is, repentance is a part of our daily lives as believers. Because listen, daily we sin, so daily we have to turn from that sin and turn back to Jesus. We have to repent from that anger or that jealousy or that unbelief or that impatience, whatever our sin possibly is, you know, we are, we are in process of dying to ourselves and living for Christ. We are in the process of learning to crucify our flesh and to live by the Spirit. And so what it means to be a believer is that daily, daily we are repenting of our sin and then turning back to Jesus and submitting to walk by the power of the Spirit. We'll take a look at verse 5 again. Same, same verse. No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Now, the Greek word here for repentance is different, and it actually refers to a once-for-all uh, repentance. 
That is, listen, we repent for the first time from our sin and we turn to Jesus in order to be saved. That is, our first repentance, when we turn from sin, that first repentance begins our relationship with God. It brings us into the kingdom and it brings us into relationship with God. And then that verse 3 repentance, the one we just talked about, that continuing repentance, that keeps us connected to the kingdom. That keeps us connected to the king, walking in relationship with God, working out the salvation that God granted to us at our first repentance, where we just continue to grow in maturity in Christ. And so here's the second point that Jesus has for us. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Tragedies reveal our greatest need, and that is to be right with God. Tragedies reveal our greatest need, and that is to be right with God. And so what Jesus is pointing out to us here is ultimately, you know, we shouldn't be looking at this group and how they died, and we shouldn't be looking at that group and how they died and wondering, you know, I wonder why that person died that way. I wonder why that happened to them. And we should be realizing that we have the same destiny. We, we should be mindful of our own mortality and ask, am I right with God? The issue that Jesus is calling us to confront is, have you repented? Are you right with your God? Because we are all going to die. And we will perish without Jesus. Now the good news is this. If you do know Jesus Christ, you won't perish. And listen, that is why Jesus came. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Listen, we will all die physically, but in Christ, you do not perish. You have eternal life. But listen, you must repent. God's provision for our sin God's provision to save us from our rebellion against him is Jesus. And so Jesus is saying, given the fact that you don't know when your number is up and you don't know how, be right with God. And we do so by turning from our sin and turning to Jesus Christ.
pray this prayer with me. You can say it out loud. You can say it in your mind. God can hear you either way. You don't even have to say it exactly how I'm saying it, but you can follow along. I just want to assist you. Pray this. Dear Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for the forgiveness of my sins. And thank you for giving me eternal life. I am putting my faith in your work on the cross for me. I am asking you to be my Lord and my Savior. Please come into my life and make me the person that you want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, I welcome you to life and life abundantly in Jesus. He is what you have been looking for. He is the hope of this world. And boy, do we need it now, don't we? Well, listen, believers, tragedy should instruct us in different ways as well. We should also be mindful when we see tragedies happening all around us. We should be mindful of the urgency for us to tell people about Jesus. Listen, we understand as believers the reason when we got saved we didn't get zapped to heaven. <laughs> the reason that we're still here is our mission is to tell people about Jesus. We are to know Jesus and make him known. And so my encouragement to you this week is, listen, step out and tell someone about Jesus. You might want to step out and just ask someone if you can pray for them. Oftentimes, people will respond to that and then maybe you can have a further conversation. I find that most of the time, people are not resistant to letting me pray for them. Also, I want to encourage you as a church, as our mission is to know God and make him known, I want you to pray about giving generously because we're ready to build. Listen, I want to thank those who have responded to the Holy Spirit's call and, and have done so, and thank you. But we need others to hear what God is saying to them. We need others to respond. We're ready to get the job done. We're ready to build. Well, listen, in this different time, I want us to realize this is a time <laughs> more than, you know, for us to complain but this time of different ministry, this time uh, of COVID time, whatever you want to call it, should cause us to clarify what is really important. Uh, let's not walk away from all of this just you know, kicking against what we don't like. 
Let's learn what God is saying to us because God is clearly saying to us, church, that we must change our priorities. The church has looked like the world. The church has loved the world. And so whatever credibility we might have by the Spirit, not everybody's going to receive it. There will be hostility. But any credibility that we might have, we don't. And so my encouragement is this. Listen, we cannot go back to normal. The times are too important. The times are too necessary for us to be different and redeem the time. We cannot go back to normal. We must learn and we must rearrange our priorities so that, listen, our time, our talent, and our treasures reflect the kingdom. Our commitments show in every area of our life that Jesus is first, that our love and affection is for him, and our love is not for this world. Listen, if we're going to be salt and light, if we're going to be faithful servants that hear Jesus say, well done, we must be different church the battle is on it is getting more intense listen we need to stand out and be different listen in the love of christ in the kindness of christ in our commitments in the orientation of those things that we live out before a world that is going the other direction. Well, let's pray. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more sermons like this, visit us online at gracechapel.cc.